Welcome to Tackless Radio. Tackless Radio, and I am Be Bad, and oh my god, I fucking love that song. That song came out like in 2008, and that was the anthem to my life. Oh my god, I love that song, Man Eater. So the song is called Man Eater by Nelly Furtado with Lil Wayne. It is the remix to Man Eater, but I love Nelly Furtado's original Man Eater song. And then when I found this remix, I was like, yes, bitch, give me more, give me more, give me more. Fuck these niggas. <laughs> it, it was like the theme song to how I felt when I was 18. Like, fuck these niggas. I'm a man eater. I'll make you wish you never met me. I was called feisty and mean and a cock blocker because I was always the more maternal one around my friends to make sure that like nobody was messing with them or picking on them or bothering them making sure you know all bitches who came out leave the club together and made it back home in one piece I was typically the project manager behind that anytime we went out and like niggas did not like me (laughs) it's still fuck you niggas so (laughs) I'm just nicer about it, you know, because as long as the patriarchal systems are what they are and they work around the clock, there's just going to be some things that I'm going to have to say about y'all. I got a couple critiques for the most part, but with that, let's get into shit I saw. So this shit I saw is actually from Facebook. And I thought it was a pretty good one. I felt like I've been cussing y'all out for the last couple of weeks. So I'm gonna give it a break this time. We're gonna do something a little fun. So I was in my ratchety ratch group. You all know black, single, millennial, and educated. It's a group on Facebook where a whole bunch of ratchery goes down. And somebody decided to post one or to repost a delete an album question. So 
what you have to do is basically delete an album forever out of four options. The four options are Drake's Take Care, Usher's Confessions, Chris Brown's self-titled album, and Pretty Ricky's Blue Stars. And I was like, ooh, I honestly write off rip, did not know which one I would delete. And it's so funny because when I go to the comments, everybody's like, Pretty Ricky, Pretty Ricky, Pretty Ricky, Pretty Ricky's out. I would just delete that one, keep all the others. But I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I was a CPS kid. I was in the system. (laughs) That sounds so weird, but that's really what it is because CPS in Chicago is like its own fucking fraternity. Like if you're a CPS kid, you know thousands of other people just off the fact that you was in the system. But I was in the system. And at least at my school, my high school, because Blue Stars came out in 2005, I knew just about every fucking word off of every fucking song off that album. Like, I just couldn't um, immediately write it off because grind with me. Come on. Your body. It ain't nothing but a number. Unfortunately, there's a lot of problematic Uh, things behind why that is so synonymous with Chicagoans in Chicago but that definitely was a bop back in the day it was just like I couldn't immediately just disqualify it like everybody else was doing that's a really strong contender at least for my Chicago ass so we're going to play a little game. We gonna, I'm, I'm going to talk you all through my process of which album I would delete and come to my answer together. I'm going to talk through with you all which one I would delete. Because right off rip, I do, I do not know. It's so difficult. So this is what I'm at least going to do. I'm going to give you all at least the years that all these albums came out. Because when I looked it up, I was like, one is just not like the others. And to a certain extent, I wouldn't even put it in this category because there's such a time difference between when three of these albums dropped and then this last one that I'm like, I don't think it kind of fits, but it's in there. So we're going to go with it. So Take Care dropped in 2011. And I vividly remember when that album dropped because it dropped like right before my birthday in November. Um, right during toxic ass Scorpio season. (laughs) I remember that vividly because when Take Care dropped, it was such a different sound from his previous project, which was Thank Me Later, that I like immediately vibed with it. Like I immediately vibed with it. It had a good amount of shit that I was like, oh, I am like Marvin's Room, got a whole bunch of traction, Make Me Proud was my shit with Nicki Minaj. Hell yeah, fucking right was the club anthem. Like it was super, the motto was a club anthem. Crew Love was that shit that you and your girls would play in the background while y'all pregame it before you go out. Like I got memories with this album. However, Confessions dropped in 2004. Chris Brown's album dropped in 2005 and then Blue Star's Pretty Ricky's album also dropped in 2005. So it's difficult for me to feel like Take Care belongs with the rest of these albums because all of these albums dropped when I was like prime 
ratchet as peak. My knees still worked. My <laughs> my back still worked. Cause my back is aching and my bra's too tight and my booty shaking from the left to the right. Right? I was ready. I was able to sweat my hair out and keep going. I was a good, I was a teenager, basically. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. I was a teenager. Um, and my homecomings and my school dances and them Brooks parties just hit different during that era. And it's crazy because I feel so fucking old because a lot of the shit that I wore when I was that age is starting to come back around in fashion. And I'm like, yo, we really doing this again? Uh, It's crazy. It's just, it's crazy. But I'm just going to say this. Take care is going to stay. I cannot delete that album. I just can't. Um, I do not believe that it belongs with the rest of these, but that's what they got. So that's what we're working with. So I will just automatically now say I'm putting that one to the side and we can decide through the other three which one has to go Chris Brown's self-titled album I think I'm just gonna go ahead now and just call it it's going on the shelf I'm not deleting it it's just gonna have to go it's just gonna have to be down between confessions and blue star but the thing about the self-titled album is that that particular album holds such a dear spot in my heart because I am a concert fanatic. I love live events. I love live shows. I love going to concerts. It's such an amazing experience because I'm such a music head. I grew up in a very musically inclined family. I adore going to see someone perform because I am a performer myself. Unfortunately, I I just know that I'm not going to get too much of a performance if I'm going to go see a rapper. And mind you, I love going to concerts. So I will go see a rap artist and I know that they're not going to be doing a lot. So when they do do a lot, I'm shocked and I am pleasantly surprised like the Ying Yang Twins when I went to the Millennium Tour. Like those old niggas are hype. They know how to keep the energy going. I That was good money spent. Anywho. I like a good show and I was able to go to my first concert at the age of 16, which was Chris Brown's self-titled first tour. Um, And because my mom allowed for me to go to this concert by myself, essentially not by myself, she just, it wasn't chaperoned by her. She was like, I will allow for you, Amber and I, because there's safety in numbers, to go to this concert if you are able to go with like a group of girls and I was like bet you ain't said none but a word and I called up all my girlfriends and convinced them to convince their moms to let them go downtown to the house of blues to see Chris Brown the tickets were only $45 so I was like bro if I need to come up with $45 I can like mom I will give you the money I will clean dishes and pay it off just let me go and do not cramp my style by coming with us just let me be a teenager please and I even convinced her I was like you don't even have to take us down there we will get on the metro and we will take that downtown and we will walk to the house of blues as a group and we will go to the concert and we will come back on the train and cross the street to the house we will be there everything will be safe I will text you on the hour to make sure everything's good and she was like you know what okay fine as long as you can go 
with a group of girls and I talked to all their moms. You know, my mother was religious, strict. There were rules, but a bitch was willing to make it work and we made it work. But what made this experience so much more crazy is that I actually got to meet Chris Brown because my best friend at the time was a humongous Chris Brown fan. Like his birthday is May 5th and her birthday is like the day before. She was like, it's meant to be. This bitch thought she definitely was going to marry Chris Brown. And she was adamant about us being the first in line because House of Blues is very much so first come, first serve. You basically stand in line and then, you know, they let it open at showtime and where you get inside is where you get inside. So we had to be the first ones in line. Of course, we got down there at 11 a.m. Show started at 7. We got down there at 11 a.m. And it was people already in line. So I was just like flabbergasted that like we weren't the first one. We are walking to get in line and a tour bus pulls up and guess who pops his tall light skin ass off the bus Chris motherfucking Brown and we're like oh my god it's Chris Brown <laughs> and he's like hey ladies you know he's like hey y'all what's up he's chilling with us you know I offered him some skittles you know we we're trying to play it cool but inside we are like geeked the fucked out like we are geeked up you know, we're just kind of like, it is what it is. You know, yeah, we're, we came down here to see you. Oh, can we take a picture before you got to go? Cause he's like, I got to go. I got to get ready for the show. We'd be like, can we take a picture? And my girlfriend handed her phone to like the closest person to take the photo. Bitch, why did she hand her phone to T-Pain? And he was the one that took the photo. Cause at this time, T-Pain was opening for Chris Brown. I was like, yo, what is life? But that moment in time solidified to me that live events were just going to be amazing because the story could have stopped there but it does not because now we are so committed to trying to meet Chris Brown because we think in our 16 year old minds we are best fucking friends now so we have to find him so we can hang out with him and show him around Chicago like this nigga didn't have other places to be so we devised the plan we were like we have to figure out how to get to the front of the line. Or we have to figure out how to find Chris Brown. So it was a group of like six. So we split up. Three of my girlfriends went inside the hotel that's next door to try and find him. And shockingly, they got pretty close. They got all the way up to like the top floor penthouse before like they got caught by security, had to get escorted down. Me and the other three ladies um, in my group, we went inside, went to the bathroom and kind of just wanted to peruse and see like what the specifications of the showroom were and like what the rules were because we've never been there before so we kind of really didn't know how it worked so we go inside this restaurant and we see this pregnant woman with a teenage daughter and she's like hey ladies are you all going to the Chris Brown concert later today and we're like yeah because what we did not know is that if you're a House of Blues member or you like eat at the restaurant or buy like a certain amount of merchandise out of their gift shop, you actually get to start inside of the House of Blues in line to go to their like open area to be the first ones like closest to the stage. And we started we were like pretty close to the front of the line, but we were outside. We were we didn't even know that there was a, a special line for special motherfuckers that starts inside. So the pregnant woman was like, hey, are you all going to the Chris Brown concert later on today? And we're like, yeah. And she's like, look, I am six months pregnant and my daughter drug me here. 
I do not want to be at the front. I don't want to be jumping around with her and everything. If you promise that her last name is the same as your last name and, and you treat her like a little sister and you watch her and you all come back to the restaurant after the show, I will give you the receipt to my lunch and you all can start at the front of the line. Bitch, when I grabbed that little girl so quick, I was like, she is my little sister. I will keep her. I will keep my eye on her at all times. Bet. And we miraculously were able to actually start further inside and ultimately were in the front row at the Chris Brown concert at the House of Blues. And it was amazing. It was fucking crazy. I remember my girl had an asthma attack and security had to like pick her up over the railing and take her out because people were pushing to the front. I like punched this mom in the face because she tried to like push me while I'm still trying to watch my new little sister while I'm watching my real little sister. And it's like, it was so fucking ridiculous that I told myself I wanted to do that all the time. And I probably have been to upwards of 30 concerts at this point. I made it a rule of mine, like a personal self-care rule of mine that every year I would go to a live event. And I've been doing that since I was 16. Uh, It's actually special because one of those live events, I always like go to one by myself. I go to one with my sisters and I try to go to one like with my entire family. I say all of that to say that Chris Brown is not going to be knocked out of the running. So we got to go back and forth between confessions and blue stars. Confessions. Oh, yo, I, I know just about every fucking word off of that album. I sung it all the time. I would ride around in my friend's mom's car because she would pick me up and take me to her house after school until my mom could pick me up from there. And she would listen to that album along with Mariah Carey's MC Square album every fucking day. And that album is such a bop. Like when you think about Usher and you think about his body of work, what comes to mind as like iconic is Confessions. Like the interludes, we we have memes to this day about the interludes, put that on everything. Like we, <laughs> it's just, it's, and to tell you the truth, in my opinion, Confessions probably was one of those first albums that I know niggas was like, you know what, I guess I will take some accountability. And niggas never take accountability. Niggas never take accountability. And Confessions, Confessions was the first time that you could actually get a nigga to admit to his wrongs because a nigga he looked up to was admitting to his wrongs, big wrongs. I got it. That's that's historic. That is historical. So it's difficult for me to just be like, nah, fuck, fuck confessions. But the rat in me cannot get rid of pretty Ricky like that. Your body, your body. My back burning up. Like, I still, I know the dance to the video. Like, I just did it. I know y'all can't see me yet. But I just did the dance, okay? So it's also very difficult because I, my girlfriends and I, we were grown, grown still screaming songs from Pretty Ricky. Ugh, okay. If I had to delete one. I guess it would be, drum roll, please. 
guess it's gonna have to be pretty Ricky Blue Stars. I know, I know, I know. I feel so bad. I feel so bad. As a Chicago public school kid, I I feel bad. I do. I really do. But it had to get done. Thank you, y'all, for letting me talk all that out with you all. I feel so bad, but I guess it's just going to have to be them. But I want to hear from you all. Go ahead and tweet me, DM me, at me, hashtag Tackless Tuesdays and Tackless Radio. And let me know if you, too, would have deleted Pretty Ricky Blue Stars. I want to know. Or would you have deleted another album? If so, why? I want to hear from y'all and let me know. (laughs) And that is this week's Shit I Saw. Okay, and we are back with this week's Random Reality. So I actually am going to keep the Random Reality this week fairly simple so that I can nerd out a little bit. So I am going to tell you all about black Jamaican castor oil and why it's one of my favorite carrier oils to use in some of the hair products that I make for myself. So I do call myself a kitchen witch, which means that a lot of the things that you would traditionally see in my kitchen, I kind of have in my bathroom. Like I have apple cider vinegar in my bathroom. I have olive oil in my bathroom. I have coffee scrubs and honey and turmeric in my bathroom, vitamin E oil in my, in my bathroom. Um, sometimes you'll see yogurt and eggs in my bathroom (laughs) because I, ever since I was, um, a kid, I just genuinely enjoyed creating my own lotions and hair oils and body scrubs because I was a very sickly child. My dad called me bubble girl and a lot of things would break me out and I had eczema and I suffer from psoriasis. So it just made sense to me to learn about more healthier alternatives in terms of my beauty products. And it just became a little bit more cheaper for me to learn how to make them for myself. And I even went to school for a little bit to be a homeopathic consultant. Um, I do want to go back to school and finish getting that certification, but life. So I decided that today is going to be the day that you all are going to learn a little bit about Jamaican black castor oil. Jamaican black castor oil is just regular castor oil. And castor oil is refined from castor beans. The difference with Jamaican black castor oil is that the castor beans are roasted before they're then pressed and refined into an oil. It is told that the ash and soot from the castor bean being roasted has properties that are beneficial to nails, hair, and skin. The more potent and the more ashy or the more smokier 
your black Jamaican castor oil, the more minerals and, and benefits that it has, so to speak. So I suffer from psoriasis on my scalp. And when I was growing up, I suffered with eczema, like on my stomach and kind of like on my face and like my arms from time to time. And I was able, for the most part, to clear up the eczema on my skin. I really don't have breakouts, but my scalp still gives me a lot of problems. And the psoriasis, or psoriasis is a skin condition where the sebum oil that naturally your skin and epidermis produces, that oil is working overtime. And it starts to crust and layer on top of itself. So it looks like you're peeling scales or skin. I know it's gross. Sorry, I guess I should have given like a little trigger warning, but I'm gonna just leave it at that. Look it up. (laughs) I won't sit here and be like, it's gross, whatever. I have experimented with different types of oils, essential oils and carrier oils and different methods of washing my hair, like washing my hair with apple cider vinegar and baking soda and washing my hair with tar medicated shampoo. I have tried a lot of things. One thing that I have found to really enjoy for my scalp is black Jamaican castor oil. It is very thick. So if you're thinking of using it on your skin, I would say it's really good as a like moisture wrap. Like if you're going to put it on your legs and then you're going to wrap your legs in like saran wrap and then cover that with like a hot towel. If you want to get like a deep moisture mask, I would say use black Jamaican castor oil for something like that. But I wouldn't use it for like normal day to day moisturization. It is really, really thick which is why I enjoy using it on my edges because it's really thick. So it's late. It's able to lay down flyaways. It also has all of the minerals and the properties that we'll see, or you, if you look up black Jamaican castor oil, the first thing that'll pop up is that it helps your hair grow. And that's not necessarily scientifically proven, but what it does do is allow moisture to retain inside of the hair shaft and the hair cuticle. And it does help with flyaway. So it also can close the cuticle because it is so thick that it prevents breakage and you're able to retain your length. So black Jamaican castor oil is great for that super duper thick, great moisturization helps with sleeking your hair back. So I've actually used like black Jamaican castor oil on top of my hair to do like a really sleek ponytail. Um, If I don't want to do like hard gels or edge control that flakes, black Jamaican castor oil actually is way better. I will put a slab of that on to my ponytail and then get a silk scarf, wrap it, you know, either let it set 
or hit it with the blow dryer. So a little heat to add that extra oomph. And then when you take it off, it is super shiny and it still has a little bit of movement because when you use gel and the edge control, it hardens up, it flakes. It doesn't really give you movement. It doesn't really look like it's alive sometimes. Like that plasticky hardened look in your hair, it doesn't look alive. It looks slick and not a hair is out of place, but it looks hard. I like black Jamaican castor oil because it doesn't make your hair look hard, but it does help lay everything down. What I do with it is that I will put black Jamaican castor oil into a bottle with a nozzle and I will add drops of peppermint oil, essential peppermint oil and tea tree oil because those two particular essential oils are antimicrobial along with anti-inflammatory and they help in my opinion kind of just loosen up any of the dead skin cells that are sitting on top of my scalp which is also one of the reasons why I love the black Jamaican castor oil because it is so thick that I sometimes use it as a pre-poo you know, a oil that you put on your hair to kind of loosen all the dandruff up or loosen up the buildup, you know, a step you do before you shampoo, you pre-poo. It's a really good pre-poo. It's really good to lift, lift up the scaly patches on your scalp because it is so thick. And then once it removes the scales, it's moisturizing so that when you put it on clean, on a clean open scalp, it kind of keeps a lot of the overproduction of the sebum glands and sebum oils from getting out of whack because it's adding the moisture and kind of keeping it at bay because of the anti-inflammatory properties in the peppermint oil and the tea tree oil. So I find that when I do black Jamaican castor oil, essential oil, peppermint and essential oil tea tree with, and this is my secret ingredient, a little bit of hemp seed oil, that mixture really does help my flaky, scaly skin, well, more so scalp. I still see flakes, but I would see flakes the moment my hair dried when I was done washing it. When I do make my oil and then apply it to my scalp, I, I start to see flakes maybe like day three, day four, instead of immediately once I get out of the shower and the flakes are not as drastic. Cause psoriasis, like when you pick a flake up, it looks like a frosted flake. Like it can be humongous. I know the visual was probably crazy apologies but that's what I have to that's essentially what I deal with that's essentially what I deal with um and that's what I suffer with because of course people think when you see dandruff and flakes that person's hair is dirty and that's not that's not the case at all that's really not the case at all um people just suffer from skin conditions (laughs) and one of the ways that I found to help me with my psoriasis is creating my black Jamaican castor oil, hemp seed oil, essential oil peppermint, and my essential oil tea tree mix. It really does help keep those flakes at bay. 
So that is one of the reasons why I love black Jamaican castor oil. I even use it for my eyelashes. It helps thicken them. I also put a little bit on my eyebrows. It helps to thicken those. And a lot of you all give me compliments on my eyebrows. So if you wanted to know like, what is the secret? It is black Jamaican castor oil. Because <laughs> it does retain length by keeping split ends and dryness and breakage at bay so that when they grow, they can be the longest that they want to be, you know, eyelashes, eyebrows, and hair follicles alike. So if you were like, oh my God, I was looking for a easy, healthy, sulfate-free, alcohol-free, fragrance-free hack to keeping my hair healthy, luxurious, and long, hey, looky there. I happen to have a healthy alternative option for you. And that is this week's Random Reality. We interrupt this program to bring you a tactless commercial. Tactless Radio would like to thank the following for their support in creating tactless radio. I would like to thank my brother who created my logo and the cover art that you see today. Definitely go follow him and the rest of his artwork on Instagram at nighting.gale. That is N-I-T-E-N dot G-A-L-E. And I also want to give a shout out to my cousin CJ who created the intro and outro audio beats that you all listen to every single time you come here to Tackless Radio and definitely give my younger cousin a follow. He's doing an amazing job with his beats and producing music at underscore Chris May, M-A-Y. And I also want to give a little bit of a shout out to my friend Dwight who came by and gave me audacity lessons so that I could figure out these programs and how to put this all together so that I could finally bring you all a podcast. So definitely check out him and his barbering skills at thelast.hair.bender on Instagram. Also want to give a shout out to Weef Chicago, that is W-E-E-F Chicago, which is a STEM non-for-profit because the owner actually provided me with a lot of the equipment that I am using to record this lovely podcast on. Also, that beautiful black woman who you hear at the end of my podcast. Her name is Danny, and he also arranged for me to have her record for my intro and my outro of my podcast. So if you have any kids or if you yourself are interested in getting into the STEM field, go definitely check out Weave Chicago on Instagram. But if you need any structural engineering services, I would urge you to check out woodsrei.com and get that all situated and done. Last but certainly not least, I want to thank 
my girlfriend Chelsea who was actually my original co-host and recorded my first episode with me and showed me how to record and practice these things with me and work through a lot of the ideas that I had about the podcast and helped me bounce ideas off of a wall. Thank you so much, girl, for being my guinea pig and giving me amazing feedback and allowing me to just get my feet wet with you. Wanted to take this moment to shout out my village and to all of my girlfriends, friends, colleagues, co-workers, people in my network, mentors, and to everyone who is now a new fan of Tackless. Hello. I appreciate all of you all listening and following and subscribing because this is just the beginning and there's nowhere else to go but up. Okay, welcome back. And it's now time for the tactless topic. So the tactless topic this week is why I believe representation matters. I don't have no talking points or an outline of like what I want to say. And typically I don't, (laughs) but I just want to let you all know that I am just going to give you all the thoughts as they come and we're just, we're just going to see where we go. Just, you know, take a journey with me. So I'm also in another group on Facebook that is called Black Women Who Decorate. And in that group is a whole bunch of like, phenomenal, badass, accomplished entrepreneurs and corporate women and stay-at-home moms and business owners. And they basically are trading tips on how they've decorated their homes or their patios or their backyards or their lawns or their spaces. And it's gorgeous. And what I did not necessarily realize I guess until I started looking at some of the requests and conversations in that group is that I never, it never just like dawned on me that like black women could just have big ass houses by themselves. Like I know a decent amount of the posts are women who are like posting their patios and they live in Texas, but they sit on an acre of land. And I guess it never dawned on me that maybe because I'm like a city girl and I live in the city, but I just would see their bathrooms and they would have beautiful bathrooms with like Audis in the driveway and trying to build a fire pit on a dime, like some real HGTV shit, but just all black women, which is, such a concept. So if anybody fucking knows someone at HGTV who would like to get this going, call me. But phenomenal women who are doctors and lawyers and principals and sergeants 
with big ass homes. And some of them have kids and some of them are empty nesters. So they're like, I got all this house and guess what, baby? We finna get a wine room in here. Who got tips? And I'm like, man, I can't wait (laughs) to get to that. Like, I can't wait to get to that. Because I feel like when I was a little girl, the only kind of representation that I saw was that if I was going to have that big ass house, it had to come through some form of entertainment or like winning the lottery. Like, I get why guys look up to like rappers and basketball players and athletes, because it is a very narrow understanding of what you think you have to accomplish or what you think you have to be to kind of get the things that you want or to just pull yourself out of the situation that you're in. You would think that you would have to be somebody who like sold drugs and just made it big or had to be a rapper or had to, or have the best jump shot. Like you would think that that was only your, you would think that those are your only options if those were the only images portrayed to you as success and what wealth looks like, if the only people that you see look like you only make it big because they are an athlete, then you think I need to be an athlete. You wouldn't think that you could be a fucking doctor, pediatrician and get the same fucking chain. (laughs) like you if you want a chain you can have a chain but you don't got to be a rapper to do that like you could literally be a real estate agent and you could have a Bentley like you don't have to have a a record label to do that (laughs) you know that type of representation is important and I don't think we talk about it enough like we talk about representation like within the Oscars and within the medical field, and within tech, which is so important. But I think we're also, I think what's going to really help, or just maybe even be an incentive to the children, (laughs) is to to be like, I too have a Birkin bag, baby, and I'm a doctor. (laughs) you don't have to be a rapper like there are other routes and avenues that you can take if what you want to do in your life is to acquire wealth for whatever reason if you want to build it for your generations and for your children to set yourselves up because unfortunately a lot of black people people of color in this country we have had such a delayed start to financial security so we are trying to catch up in the quickest way possible I get it I completely understand but I think we can also say to ourselves that there are other routes to get there (laughs) there are other routes of getting there and I'm think I don't think we talk about that enough I don't think we talk about that enough because it is I might sound like a fucking millennial with what I'm about to say, but it is somewhat concerning to me. The amount of rappers in rotation right now, like I do remember coming up and there being so many options, you know, underground and mainstream, you know, especially 
when the mixtape era popped. You had a lot of options. But today, I don't know, maybe because of streaming, it's a lot of motherfuckers out. And I just can't keep up. I really just cannot keep up. <laughs> so it, I'm just kind of saying like, they all want to be rappers? They're, they're all not that good though. But then I get it. You don't need to be good. You just need to be able to pop enough to acquire enough wealth just to get you started. Like if I was Lumi D, you know, uh oh, you know, like a, I know I am showing my age right now, like a one hit wonder. Like if I play my cards right and I get a one hit wonder, that's a smooth, at least $200,000 that I could walk away with. And that's a good start to any business I want to create or to any house that I would like to buy for my family to pass down. Like, hell, I mean, maybe rap is the new real estate. Maybe niggas is just getting into the game and flipping it for a little coin so you can really just have enough money to get a start to something else that's a little bit more stable. Because rap is such a volatile market, in my opinion. <laughs> and I really don't know nothing about no stocks. So I'm hoping I'm even using these terms correctly. But I think in my very high opinion at the moment, <laughs> maybe that's what these rappers is doing. Like flipping the game like some real estate. And if that's the case, then I understand why we have so many mediocre ass rappers in right now. Cause it's a quick buck. It's a quick buck. It's a good look. It's a quick buck. It's a quick fuck. You know, you make a little bit of more, you make a little bit of money, you know, you can start you a cute little company. You know, you can flip it in other ways. One of the people out of the group, the new kids on the block, and he has an HGTV show now where he's flipping houses. And I was like, oh, that's really good. Like, he's probably making a, a good little coin off of that. Like, if he didn't do well with, you know, royalties or whatnot with new kids on the block, at least he made a little bit of something. And having a real estate business, you it's, it can be pretty lucrative, <laughs> you know? That's what I'm thinking. Like, if honestly, if you're not reinvesting that money – in some way, somehow, then I know you is you gonna blow through it fast and it's gonna be gone. So I could definitely see like you just being like a little one hit wonder. They give you two hundred thousand dollars that you actually get to walk away from. Maybe even less. Maybe they give you fifty thousand dollars to walk away from. Hell, that's a way better start to some business or to put a down payment on something to get me out of debt or the hell. If somebody gave me $50,000, my student loans would be paid off. And that would <laughs> skyrocket me to a lot of places I would love to be. And you telling me that the only thing that I would need to do to get my student loans paid off is to go into the studio and play around for a little bit. I'll take my chances. <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> this is so stupid. But representation matters because unless these niggas is in the rap game, flipping it like real estate. I just think we need to let people know that there are other options to acquiring said wealth. Like Dallas, like Real Housewives of Dallas, and I 
do not watch it because I think the first episode I watched, I was like, it's sprinkled with a little racism and I can feel it. And I just was like, I can't get through this. But what I, what I did see on the show, what I was watching on the show is that the new addition to the cast is a esthetician. I remember a TikTok where she got a call and it was from a store manager or a person who worked at Chanel to tell her that her items are in that she can come and pick them up. And she wanted to get her husband's reaction because I guess she ordered a lot of things. Hey, she's like, oh, I just want to let you know that your things are in and they're at the store and you're, you can come down now and pick them up. She's like, oh my God, thank you so much. Could you let me know like what the final bill is, what the total cost is? And that woman says something like $11,000 and her husband looked over and barely flinched and went back to doing what he was doing. I was like, baby, uh, <laughs> Lord, it is me. It is me, Lord, again. It is I. Again, Lord, pick up. It's me on the other line, Jesus. Anywho. <laughs> I was like, you know what? What does she do? Because everybody in the comments were, of course, everybody was like, oh, her husband must be taking care of her. You know, that's the first thing. Because that's why that motherfucker didn't flinch. He looked over at her like 11,000, that's it. (laughs) Must have been a light week. And went back to reading his newspaper like he didn't say shit (laughs) to the fact that this lady bought $11,000 worth of whatever at Chanel. And when I was reading the comments of like the TikTok, because it went viral, I guess, in a way, because the Real Housewives of Dallas season was about to begin and it was a whole bunch of controversy around it. Um, And people were trying to figure out who this new cast member was. They came across that video and everybody thought that it was funny. I, too, was like, hmm, what a life. But as I was reading the comments, everybody was like, oh, she is a famous esthetician down here in Texas. Like, you all are sitting there thinking she's some type of um, sugar baby when actually she can afford that on her own. And I was like, see, mama work, (laughs) you know? It's like, I don't necessarily need to be some rapper's girlfriend or which, hey, sis, if that's what you want to be and aspire to be, cool. Because to tell you the truth, if they're going to be tricking off, I don't see why I shouldn't take $5,000 that he tricks off on me and not buy a purse I think I'll definitely put it towards some stocks or something. A lot of these rapper girlfriends, I'm just saying, whatever you got around you, invest. Move it around. Look at it like that. Oh, I'm saying, and I was like, she's an esthetician. Okay. They make great money. (laughs) She definitely could afford whatever the hell was at that store on her own. That's probably why her husband didn't flinch. Because he was like, why would I flinch? She she buying it. It ain't my money. <laughs> it's her money. She want to spend her money like that? She can't. And I'm like, you know what, sis? Good for you. Good for you. Good for you. That's when I realized representation mattered. Because I don't think we show the fruits of some of you all's labor in a way that isn't just through what white people have seen. Like anytime that I think of a doctor, I think of like a successful doctor that probably has a really nice house in some suburb with like really nice cars and the kids go to really nice schools. But 
of course, you don't immediately see those images when you think of like a black doctor or an Asian esthetician or someone who is a politician and they're also trans. Like we don't think about those things, but we also don't don't then show the fruits of those labors of being a black doctor or trans politician. Um, I think we always are in survival mode so that we never take our foot off the gas because we just always have to keep pushing forward that you sometimes forget that like, girl, you were in school for eight years. Buy that purse. (laughs) Buy it, sis. You deserve it. You fucking deserve it. Like, I want more images of black luxury because when I think of luxury, I've only seen white images and I really (laughs) want to see black images. When we think of luxury, I want to immediately think of cocoa butter because those are images that I did not see when I was growing up. And I'm starting to see pockets of it now. And I am thrilled about it. That's why I'm so excited about platforms like TikTok and Instagram and Pinterest to show these images because I, I, I had no way of having this kind of access because the access that I had to the images were through magazines and certain things through TV. And those were heavily controlled by people who do not look like me and really don't give a damn to represent what I look like in their clothing ads or in their commercials or in their brands. But now things are so much more accessible because of technology, the way that we have moved now as a society that I can order a bomb as luxury piece from a black designer where we were told that luxury was Chanel and Louis and Giuseppe. And I'm like, but baby, this Mateo bracelet is gorgeous. And I'm gonna buy that instead. And I like that. Like, I like looking at black luxury. Like, it's it's so pretty to me. To say the truth, I like looking at any luxury that is deep in respect and honoring and celebrating your culture. And I'm going to just go ahead and end it here. I, I guess I reached my point. <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs> Now that we've gotten that out of the way, what you want to eat?